0: Welcome to Design Your Destiny, your podcast for tapping into the power of your subconscious mind. In this next few minutes, allow me to show you how to tap into that power so that you can create success with ease, form deeper connections, and have greater presence in your relationships, and most importantly, find peace within yourself. My name is Penny Chason, and I'm your host. Hey, hey, joyful souls. It is Penny Chase on here, and I am back with another episode of Design Your Destiny. That is a bonus episode for those of you who are parents. And it's also for your children. Maybe not that your children would want to listen personally, but it will give you some perspective and some tools to help your children cope with the stress of school. That is now compounded with the stress of this pandemic. So, today I have with me Marie Cancellari. She's a personal transformation coach and a master tapping practitioner who has 20 years of experience as an educator. She's passionate about serving parents, teens, and tweens, and her mission is simple to give overwhelmed, stressed out parents and their kids the tools to address their emotional well being and to help them to get out of whatever's holding them back or keeping them stuck so they can enjoy life. Because let's face it, kids, especially their tweens and teens, they have a lot of peer pressure and social pressures aside from dealing with what we're going through now. Plus, they're stepping into their own autonomy. I mean, my grandmother was 15 when she got married. And she had a child that same year. So, you know, there's just so much that goes on in stepping into being an adult. And it looks different for everybody. And as I mentioned on the previous bonus episode, I'm not a counselor. I am not a child expert. I am a parent who is grateful that she has three functioning adults who are self-sufficient and responsible when they hit 18. So, Marie, I would love for you to just spend a little bit more time introducing yourself to the audience and your expertise.
1: Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah. So, I have been in the classroom for 20 years But prior to that, I've always been interested in the personal development self-help world. I remember sitting at home with my mom watching Tony Robbins' infomercial on personal power, and I just wanted to be him in that moment. Um, So I've always wanted to help people, and I got into teaching, and about eight years ago, I got certified as a life coach because I wanted to incorporate those skills, not only in the classroom, but also start a side business and, and help people. So um, I always thought that life coaching was missing a little piece, which was that emotional piece. And that was when I found tapping about five years ago. And that was like the missing piece with the life coaching. And it kind of brought it together because, you know, you could set goals all day, but if you have a limiting belief or some emotions that are getting in the way, you're never going to be able to reach your goals. So I've been able to incorporate that into the classroom. One of the biggest things I noticed in the classroom is that, unless these kids are emotionally well and feeling good about themselves and, you know, just not having, let me start again. If anything is bothering these kids, they are not available for learning. Let's put it that way. So if they have a fight with a friend on the playground, if they, if something's going on at home, you know, even if someone's dog died, like they're not available for learning. They need those emotions to be validated. They need help processing those emotions. And that's what I've been trying to do and trying to bring into my classroom for many years now. But let's face it, teachers do not have a lot of time within the school day. So that's always been my challenge. And that's why I've also created these programs outside of the school day and have started a private practice.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to to just really note that you know so many times basically what we do is we we dismiss but through the process of dismissing a child's concerns or their emotions because we have the context of adult life to think that's really not a big deal don't worry about it when we dismiss that what we're telling that child is that their feelings their beliefs, their thoughts, their concerns aren't valid. And these are the things I help adults unravel is because they develop these misunderstandings. And I always emphasize it's misunderstandings, like it's not a malicious thing. You just simply misunderstand it's like, well, I'm not supposed to feel this. Yeah. So, how do you see that in the classroom aside from the pandemic? Because these kids are going to absorb their parents stress.
1: Absolutely.
0: They're going to recognize the parents energy that something is not right.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going back to what you said about validating their families or their feelings rather. um, As a teacher, you learn very quickly that these kids are not going to listen to you unless you validate their feelings. And I, I did learn that very quickly because you have kids who are strong-willed and want to do things their way and if you want to connect with a child you always connect through their emotions. And so this is a great tip for parents too. It's always starting by validating how your child feels, even if to you it seems like the most ridiculous thing. You know, you're upset your friend took your pencil. I'm I'm really sorry that you that must be really disappointing. And to also name the feeling too because a lot of kids don't even understand what they're feeling or why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And they bounce around from emotions, like crazy from, you know, motion to emotion. So being able to name it for them makes them feel better. I had one child who came up to me and said, I just feel like there's like my body, like my body, I, I have to keep moving my body. And I said, Oh, maybe you're feeling a little anxious about something. Why don't we talk? What are you feeling anxious about? And That in and of itself helped calm him down.
0: Absolutely. And that's just the thing. They can't articulate what they're experiencing. And especially when they're younger, that comes through as acting out Mm -hmm. because they don't know how else to express that they have some need that's not being met. And whether it's a big deal to us, it's a big deal to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times they get in trouble for acting out, but they just don't know how to ask for what they want, or they don't even know what they need.
0: So what are you seeing in the classroom? Or were you actually meeting in person towards the end of last semester?
1: Yes, we, we were in person. There was some virtual, some in person, but what I see in the classroom If I could work with these kids on their emotions all day long, I would have enough kids to work with. Like it could be constant. I mean, this age group, because I work with sixth graders, this age group, there's always something. And all these kids want is to feel like they belong and to be accepted. And I believe all kids are good. Like you said, it's not like they're trying to be malicious. They're just trying to figure out life. And they're trying to navigate these ups and downs of growing up, which is so challenging. And this is probably why I got into this work, because for me, as as a young girl, life was very challenging for me. I had friendship issues, you know, schoolwork was hard for me, you know, I didn't know how to handle stress. So I, I feel for them and I want to give them the tools at a young age so that they know how to manage their emotions. So they know how to, you know, pick themselves up when something goes wrong. And then as they turn into adults, they'll be able to cope a lot better. They'll be able to, you know, manage their life and have a good life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if every day was smooth (laughs) and easy, but reality is that it's not. And when we shield and protect our kids from feeling bad, they don't learn how to cope and, and adapt with that. That was one of my major concerns when my children were younger And everything turned to this, everyone gets a trophy. And I don't have an issue with kids getting a participation trophy. However, the reality is we can't always be the winner. And we need to learn that if we're not the winner, that it doesn't mean that we're good or bad. Mm -hmm. It just means we get another opportunity to go for it again Mm -hmm. and to learn from what we did and how how to do it better kind of strayed off a little bit there, but that is something that kids do cope with. And kids respond to their environment based on what they see at home, what they see mm-hmm. on TV. And so sometimes it might seem a little crazy at times what some kids might do, but they're just trying to make sense of the world and they do it from the context of what they've observed yeah, and what they've been taught. So, you know, You and I chatted a little bit before we even hit record and there are a lot of stresses that hit those kids in sixth grade, like you were talking about. And I'm just going to toss an example on you. I was, I was having a conversation with someone earlier today and they were talking about how their daughter just really blew up this morning. And the reason why the daughter blew up was something happened yesterday, but it The full impact of it did not hit her until like she was getting ready to go to school this morning. And now she's thinking this, she's processing this. And we'll just be honest. It's a typical girl thing. The boy was looking at her breast and she wanted him to stop and he wouldn't stop. And she feels violated by that. But she didn't tell anyone yesterday. She didn't tell her mother until today when they're trying to go out the door. And now she's angry because she doesn't feel like she's in control of that situation. And then you take everything else on top of it and fuses get short. How would you empower a parent to speak to their tween or teen about boundaries, being able to speak up for themselves? What resources other than mom and dad might be available to them if they for whatever reason, are embarrassed Yeah, to go to mom and dad.
1: Yeah. And chances are she was embarrassed. And that's why it took her blowing up to even share that with her mom. Yeah. So there's a number of things here. So again, kids want to be accepted and they want to feel like they belong. So a lot of kids have a hard time. And when I say kids, I mean, teens, tweens, whatever age. They have a hard time standing up for themselves because they're so afraid that by saying no to a friend or standing up for themselves, that they're going to either lose that friend or isolate themselves. And that's the last thing that they want to do. But what's important for them to understand is that that is not the case. In fact, by standing up for yourself and establishing boundaries, you're actually uh, gaining respect from the people around you. And other kids could end up learning from you too. It's all about that confidence piece. So advice for parents. One is whenever your child comes to you with a problem, always validate their feelings first. I've done a lot of studying of the love and logic program, which is a great parenting program. So if if any of your listeners want um, some parenting help, like how to parent, that's a great program, the love and logic program. And they always talk about starting with empathy. You always empathize with your child first, because that's the only way your child's going to open up and actually share more with you. And then after you empathize, you always hand the problem back to them. So you might say something like, well, what do you think you're going to do about this? And you'd be surprised. A lot of kids have so many great ideas for what they can do to solve their own problems. But usually parents right away want to solve it for them. And what I say is I would much rather a child get practice solving the little problems than waiting until they're maybe 18 and now they've wound up in jail or something because they had this problem and didn't know how to solve it for themselves. So let's let kids solve these small problems. So always handing it back to them. And I know that's so hard for parents to do because they just want their kids to be happy and, you know, to take care of them but you actually are taking care of them by handing that problem back to them. And of course, you're going, to, you're going to help them. You're going to assist them. And you might say something like, would you like some advice on this? Would you like to know what other kids have done who, who are in your shoes? So you're still giving them the option to ask for help, but you're empowering them to figure out what to do next. And you can also tell them you have resources at school. You have a teacher who cares about you. You have guidance counselors at school, there may be a social worker, there may be a school psychologist. So there's lots of people, kids sometimes don't realize that, that they do have all these resources. So being able to point that out too is great.
0: Yeah, I I think that's excellent. That's pretty much the advice I gave was to let her explore, like, you know, what do you think this means? What can you do about it to just give her the option to solve it um, herself? Now, you mentioned earlier that you are into tapping to deal with the emotions. Why don't you share with the audience a little bit about what tapping is and the principle behind it?
1: Sure. So tapping, I always come back to tapping. It's my number one stress reduction tool. And essentially, in a nutshell, what you're doing is you're stimulating acupressure points on your body, sending calming signals to the amygdala in your brain, which is the stress center of your brain telling your brain it's safe to calm down. It's safe to turn off. So you're balancing that nervous system and you're processing the emotions. Really you're processing them out of your body. Have you ever had the, the instance where something happens, maybe you're mad at somebody and then you, you know, you kind of think it through and you're like, logically, I know that I'm not mad at that person anymore, but I still feel that anger. So Tapping is a great way to get rid of that feeling that's in your chest or in your stomach. So yeah, so that's tapping in a nutshell.
0: Would it be possible, if it is possible, we can make the clip available on the website where the podcast lives. Could you walk someone through a super quick um, strategy? Maybe just say their kid's feeling overwhelmed, i.e. anxious.
1: Mm -hmm. So am I tapping for the child or for the parent?
0: Probably something that the parent can show the child to empower the child.
1: Okay. So my recommendation first is for that parent to feel better about the situation. Mm -hmm. So I would actually suggest that the parent first do some tapping so they feel centered and they feel okay about what's happening with their child and then share this tool with their child. Perfect. Maybe I'll start with what the parent can do first. So we know that the number one stress parents have is about their children. They want them to be happy and healthy. So let's say they're worried about their child. They're worried because their child is anxious. Well, first of all, by calming down your own anxiety as the parent, that alone is helping your child. So that's why taking care of yourself first is really, really important. So what you may want to do So there's nine points, there are nine tapping points, and I'll keep this really, really brief. Um, If you want a deeper dive, I have some videos on my YouTube channel, but we'll do this really quickly. So the points on the face are at the start of the eyebrow, the side of the eyebrow, under the eye, under the nose, under the lips, under the collarbone, under the arm, and top of the head. So my favorite point is under the collarbone. So just for sake of making this easy, if you tapped kind of like how a gorilla would bang its chest right in that area, it's underneath the collarbone. And what you would do is you would acknowledge how you feel. So even though your child is feeling anxious, acknowledge how you feel. So you might say, I'm just so worried. I'm so worried. I'm anxious. Actually, I'm anxious about my child. And you kind of just, just let it rip. Just speak how you feel. Let those feelings come out and acknowledge. It's always number one is acknowledging how you feel. And remember, the point of this is to try to help get you to feel better. So that's always our goal. So you want to ask yourself, if I'm feeling anxious right now or worried about my child, how do I ideally want to feel? Probably you want to feel some relief. You want to feel some peace. And you want to know that your child's going to be okay. So that's kind of where we're headed. So when we're tapping, we would say, I'm so worried. I'm so worried about my child. I'm so anxious. And listen to what your mind is saying, too. Pay attention. We're going to shift on purpose and we're going to say, I wonder if I could ever let this anxiety go. I wonder if I can ever let this worry go. And chances are your mind is going to have an argument with you and it's going to say, I can't ever let this go. So then you actually say that, I can't ever let this go. I can't ever let this worry go. I can't ever let this worry go. I'm so anxious. I can't ever let this worry go. And then at some point your mind will say, Well, Maybe I don't have to hold on to it forever. Like I don't have to always be worried. So then you play around with that. Maybe I don't have to always be worried. Maybe there are a few moments in the day when I don't have to worry. Maybe I don't have to worry every single minute of the day. And you play around with that until maybe the next idea is, maybe I can let this worry go. But then you have that argument. You're like, nope, can't let this worry go. Okay, can't let this worry go. I still can't let this worry go but maybe I can let it go for 10 seconds. Maybe I can let, okay, I'm not arguing with myself about that. Maybe I can let it go for 10 seconds. All right. I'll let it go for 10 seconds. So in these 10 seconds, I want to feel relief in these 10 seconds. I'm letting myself feel relief in these 10 seconds. I'm letting myself feel relief. And then, you know, you're, what this does is it opens up your mind to new thoughts, ideas, and images. So, you might then see your child having a successful moment, or you might then see it, a smile on your child's face, or you might remember the time just this morning when your child was not feeling anxious. So that's the great thing about tapping, and it helps you feel better. So, if you were going to then invite your child to do the same thing, you know, you would sh- let's assume they knew the tapping points already. So then you would do the exact same thing with your child. Have your child repeat you I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious. And you go through the whole process all over again with always that goal of, uh, you know, how do you want to feel? But the most important thing is always acknowledging how you feel. And you can't move this process too fast, even though I did it quickly here. You can't move it along too fast because you feel how you feel and you have to allow yourself to feel that.
0: Right. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you have a program. Yes. Correct. And you've got a YouTube channel, Instagram, website. Why don't you just wrap it up with your biggest takeaway, biggest yet simplest takeaway for parents? And I think I already know what that's going to be. And then let people know how they can reach out to you or follow you for more information about tapping and being present for their kids.
1: Okay, sure. Thank you. So, healthy. Resilient parents create healthy, resilient children. And taking care of yourself as a parent is the best thing you can do for your child. They are taking your cues, they're modeling you, they're finding out what life is like as an adult by watching you. So, the best thing you can do is take care of yourself. And then think about the kind of person you want to raise, the child that you want to raise. Have that in mind. Keep that vision. Hold that vision for your child. Know, have those expectations. Know that your child can be that person. And when your child is not that person, acknowledge how they feel. Empathize with them. And then hand the problem back over to them. Bond with your child. Do you take time away from your cell phone? I know it's easy. You get home from work. You have to check the cell phone. Your child needs you at the same time. Can you take some time every day to just sit and listen? without questioning, without demanding, without, you know, directing them with how they should behaving or, or what they should be doing. Can you just listen? If they want to play a quick little game with you, can you play a game with them and be completely present? The more bonded you are with your child, the more influence you will be over them as well. So the way that you can get in touch with me, probably the best bet is if you go on my website and you join my mailing list, you'll also get a, uh, a free four minute video from, you'll see a button that says click to feel calm. It's just a calming video. I have a four minute video. So if you're feeling stressed, that'll bring you down. Um, if you join my mailing list, I'll send out information about the programs that I create. I offer the Leadership Academy during the school year and during the summer at different times. So all that information comes out through my emails. And then I also do take one-on-one clients. So best to be on my email list, but you can also find me. You can always message me on Facebook. I am on Instagram. And on my website is also my email. You can always just email me directly. That's fine too.
0: Perfect. So if... If you have kids and you're looking for resources, this is my perspective as a professional hypnotist and board certified, and having done thousands of sessions in my time. And that is simply that there is no one size fits all approach to anything. You have to be curious. And that's why I'm bringing you a variety of professionals who've worked with parents, who've worked with kids so that you have a toolbox of resources to go to, to find what works. And as you are seeking what works for you or for your child, you have to give things time to make a difference. It's not a light switch. And it just depends on how resourceful And how many resources you are pulling from within yourself on any given day as to the result that you're going to get. Thank you for listening. This is a bonus episode. Of course, you know, you're catching it on a podcast channel or on the website. If you're hitting the link by email, please, please, please. There are millions of parents out there. Anyone that you think can benefit from hearing the message that I've asked Marie to bring to you today, please share this episode. It's valuable information and it's needed right now more than ever. Until next week, I'll see you then. Thank you, Marie.
1: Thank you so much, Penny.
0: Thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this episode of Design Your Destiny, I would appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review. When you leave a positive review, it's like podcast currency. And we can increase our reach and get the message to even more people that they, just like you, have the ability to design their destiny. And remember, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.